I'm sorry, people. That's the audio, and I get a lot of fucking uh, on my phone audio. Bobby, keep talking the truth. You know what I mean? Audio versions on podcasts. This is on all audio podcasts, people. That's where I get the most uh, love. You know what I mean? From the audios, people tell me, you know, keep fucking doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Even the fucking, even the fucking uh, the platforms. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing because I know I can depend on myself. I know I'll do this all the time. You know what I mean? It's only going to get better, people. You know, I invested in a new fucking technology. I'm investing in new technology, too, as we speak. And uh, I'm going to make this a really fucking fun time for all of you, man. So uh, that's why I wanted to say to Judge, when the new business manager, uh, we made peace. He made peace. He came up to me, apologized to me at the gym a couple months ago. I accepted his apology, but uh, he's going to make things right. You know what I mean? You can't lie to get into a fucking job that takes a guy with balls. You need a guy with balls in there because so many fucking jobs in this city alone, never mind the rest of the fucking state, in this city alone, I see so many jobs under six feet deep. Anything under six feet deep is Santa Hogs work. So all of my old, my old business manager, he would have been on those jobs Saying, I want 10, 20 fucking miners here, local 88 guys here, every fucking day for the rest of this job till we're done, you know, digging down, because I know you're digging down deeper than that. So, yeah, that's what he doesn't do. And he's not a bad person. Not a bad person. I actually like him. You know what I mean? I, I always liked him. I never had the problems with him. You know what I mean? I, we played each other in fucking Little League fucking champion. He was a pitcher, I was a pitcher. They're both good, very good hitters. They're just great athletes. You know, he's a year older than me. We I pitched versus him in the first championship game. We won. His father was a cop, detective, then cop. He got demoted for taking payoffs from the fucking the black hand from back in the days, right? And uh, but a very good man. His father, very good man. Like, uh, man, I, I I don't know, man. Like that guy, fucker, was just such a good man. But uh. He didn't get this job on merit, on credibility, on respect, none of that shit. He did it all on a sneaky way. He knew the feds were watching the fucking election. He knew the ex-business manager could not be there because if he was, they would have fucking revoked his bail. So he couldn't even come and say, vote for the guy that was going to be next anyways. And that guy wanted to fucking go kill the new guy. And I told him, no, he's not worth it. And, uh... You know, he knew it wasn't worth it anyways. He had like 38 years. He had a fucking, uh, a full pension coming. He, he really didn't have to worry about shit. That that guy right there, Eddie, I'm not going to say his last name, but Eddie, that's a guy I respect and my two mentors other than Eddie. And those three guys are the guys I respect the most. And the other ones I respect, they're all dead. They're all dead, way too young. Those are guys you can't replace. Guys that you've fucking been in street fights with your whole life. Club fights private club fights, fucking just always had each other's backs. And uh, those are people you cannot replace. But I do believe God does put people in our lives and uh, you want to be around people, you know, that have the same goals you have. And our teamwork makes a dream work, people. You know what I mean? I know people want to be solo and this and shit, be the boss, all that bullshit. Listen, if the chemistry's right, it's fucking good. 
egos out the fucking window. We're trying to fucking help people. Be passionate about the sport. I'm very passionate about MMA. I'm very passionate about boxing. Very passionate about training. Very passionate about music. Fucking ganja since 83. I've been smoking fucking ganja. 82, 12, 11, 12, 13 years old. Never fucked with my fucking cardio ever. I still run. Like I said, so running, full body workout, a bunch of machines, a bunch of dumbbells, you know, some benching, but not heavy, heavy. Not like I used to, 1,000 pound deadlifts and 415 on the bench, 225, 40, 50 times, 30, whatever. It was just easy. I just get too, I'm like, how much stronger can I be? And then you realize you're too bulky and you, you know, it's fat because I hit the heavy bag every time after I lift weights and I'm just like, lifting weights is just too easy. Like I just reached my goals too easy. Boxing, on the other hand, wasn't really hard because I was already fighting all the time in the streets. So that's the thing. That's why they wanted me to go to boxing. You know, Robbie, go, go train with these guys. Let me teach you, you know, the basics and all that shit. So, Brian, that's why I'm saying this to you, brother. Don't, um, I would not ever tell you to go box without going to a boxing gym or a fighting gym or someone that understands striking with their hands. So maybe you don't need to go to a boxing gym, but you need a trainer. You need someone that can hold mitts for you. I can teach you the basics, bro. I can teach you all the basics, and you'll, you'll know all the basics within a month. One month, every day, six days a week. Take one day off a week. I can teach you that shit easy, bro. Easy, I can teach you. But you got to see. See, that's what trainers would always, always tell me. Let me see what weight you get down to after I put you through fucking hell for the next month or two. And I always go down to like 218, 220. Actually, sometimes I wouldn't even go down the weight. I'd be 218, 222 already. So I wouldn't even go down the weight. I'd stay right there. And they, they would be like shocked. They'd be like, holy shit, you're fucking natural heavyweight. I go, no, muscle weighs more than fat. I go, you know, I'm just more muscle. And I'm, I was lean like I am now. I was always lean, you know what I mean? So... And there was many times I was real bulky and big, big. You know what I mean? I didn't like being that big. I just never did. Never liked it. Ice coffee. Yeah, brother. I would uh, get someone, I mean, learn the basics, right? Then go into a boxing gym and say, listen, I've never sparred, never done anything, right? Go in there and spar 50%. You're not going to get hurt, Brian. I promise you, you're not going to get hurt. Worst case scenario, you'll see a little flash of light, you get hit. A little flash of fucking light. And you know what you do after that? Punch back. Don't fucking sit there and cover up. None of that shit. Punch back and move. Lateral movement. In, out, in, out. Lateral movement. In, out, in, out. Constantly. When Muhammad Ali was saying stick, stick a move, right? Right on the money. You can't hit a moving target all the time. It's very hard to hit a moving target. And people download data. I definitely do, right? When you're fighting someone, after a round, you should kind of two, three rounds. I would say, I'd say about three, four rounds just uh, in a 12-round fight. I would say 12 rounds. I would say three to two to three to four rounds. You'll understand his patterns. Unless they're mixing up their patterns, that makes it really hard to figure them out. Those are the elite fighters. Right, so you always got to change your shit up. When I was doing jumps yesterday up on a block, jumps, you know, fucking explosive jumps, uh, that's for explosiveness, you know what I mean? So uh, sometimes I'd always go down with my right foot when I go back down. So I'd switch it up to the left foot. So these are things you just got to, 
You got to even everything out, Brian. You know what I mean? Everything can be taught. Yes, it could be taught. But using it, using it, the whole deal about using it is a whole different story. Yeah, you go up and sucker punch somebody with a three-piece of a soda or a four-piece of a soda and probably fucking knock them the fuck out or fucking give them a slice of humble pie. I wouldn't recommend that, dude. You know what I mean? I wouldn't recommend it. I recommend learn how the basics, learn the fundamentals. I'll teach you that shit, Brian. Uh, or if you have people there that can teach you fundamentals, hold mitts and teach you fundamentals. Most people's time is valuable. So is mine. You know what I mean? But for a friend, you know what I mean? I, I don't mind helping. You know what I mean? I don't mind helping teaching you. And once you learn what I teach, each each step, then I'll go to the next step and teach you a little bit more. And then by the end of it, because in the beginning, you'd be like, oh, shit, I had my foot the wrong way. Oh, I had my foot. Because it's all about staying on balance no matter where you move. So if you have to think about which way your fucking feet are going and everything, well, they're going to hit you. You're going to get knocked the fuck out. Or you, you, if you're off balance, all you have to do is just push on it like this. Have someone just stand straight with their feet together, right beside each other. Just one finger, push like that. They'll start tipping over. On balance, knees bent a little bit, right? Always in a position to punch and punch with bad intentions. Don't waste punches. Don't throw punches just to throw punches. Like, throw punches when you have an opening. You know what I mean? And when you're throwing jabs, define range, because it's all about range. It's all about range, all about distance. And once you find that range, you know what I mean? You can just pepper them up, just touching them with 40s, 60s, 70s. And they go, bang, with the four, with the 100 off. Bang, with the left hook. You know what I mean? Especially in an orthodox fighter. They don't think you're going to fucking hit them with a left hook from hell. But that's what you need to learn is how to hit with both hands just as powerful. You got to have power on both hands. You got to have power on both feet. Everything comes on the balls of your feet. Everything. You're always on the... So when I used to go train with the, my best trainer I ever had, and that's nothing saying, nothing bad against Jimmy Farrell, rest in peace. Uh, Jimmy Farrell Jr. and senior, rest in peace. Jimmy Farrell just died last year. God bless his soul. One of the best guys in the world. Uh, he always said I could be a champ, like just like my prior one prior. You know what I mean? Uh, his, his son was a champ... Uh, my 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 best my favorite trainer who I would literally would have fucking uh, did anything for because that's what I did every time he he would have two joints hanging out of his mouth he go no hell like that he fucking go off on me but I would never disrespect him because his youngest kid was a fucking junior Olympic champ heavyweight golden glove champ heavyweight. And I knew him since I was in first grade. I used to play sports with him. He was in third. I was in first. All my friends were in third grade. I hung out with all the street, my cousins and shit. Uh, my cousin, my blood, were in third and second when I was in first. So I know this kid. And not only that, I respect him. He respected me. You know, I love the kid. I miss him. You know, he was my co-defendant in the union thing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and I could have blamed him. Uh, my ex-business manager's lawyer had a deal for us. And I will have my ex-business manager come on him, tell him the fucking truth. Tell him the truth, Scott. Eight months after brain surgery, what I tell your fucking lawyers, don't ever, ever say that to me again. Ever. Ever. I'm not one of those weak motherfuckers you fucking have that you defend, whatever. You don't want to blame it on my dead friend who just died last week, OD. Ground is not even dry over his fucking casket yet. 
I couldn't even do that to my enemy. Never mind someone I dear friend I love. And I could fucking hear his shout. His eyes. His, I could hear my self-conscious. The consciousness. I could hear his conscious. Like screaming to me. From my con I could feel it. Like him saying, take it, Robbie. Take it. I don't care. Don't worry about it, brother. Take it. Take it. I'm like, sick. I can't even betray you even when you're telling me to. Listen, he wasn't. I was going there already. I was already there. I was already... I just drove by the guy, seen him on the porch. This is an hour after he sucker punched our ex-business manager. Then my ex-business manager hands me his cell phone, and it's sick. He went right around the corner. Robbie, come get me like the old times, me and you. I brought this kid in. I want to fucking slap him around. I go, sick, I got it. It's easy. Don't worry about it. Robbie, come get me. Come on. For my father, for me and you. Come on, brother. So I just went around the corner, grabbed him. He comes out with a fucking bottle of Crown Royal. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Scott, don't roll down the window, I told him, because I had tinted windows in the back of my expedition, right? Don't roll down the window, whatever you do. We pull up. He's sitting on the porch on the fucking, on his landline, laughing. We get out of the truck. He starts walking towards Sig because we walk into his yard instead of up the sidewalk going into the green yard because we don't want too many neighbors seeing anything. So we walk onto the fucking green grass and he goes at the Sig, the worst fucking move he can make. But here's the deal. <laughs> I grabbed him by his long fucking hair, which is a no-no. Don't, don't have long hair if you're going to fight. Grabbed him by the hair, dragged him to the ground, just walked backwards, brought him out to the sidewalk right beside the truck and bang, 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 just a couple... You know, humble pies, right? Six kicking them and shit, right? I'm kicking them, right? I go, enough, Sig, that's enough, that's enough. Like, we could have hurt this kid really bad if we wanted to. We didn't want to do that. We just wanted humble pie. We wanted him to get a slice of humble pie. He was out of control, this kid. He was out of control. And it just so happened his brother and his cousin became cops a year prior, and they were saying dogs with us prior to being cops. So it became a big fucking political fucking, you know, every month they had me in the paper, me, him, and my ex-boss and, and Sigliano, right? They had all of us calling us fucking, all these fucking union enforcers, organized crime, all this bullshit, all this fucking real, it's just straight up bullshit. Uh, just problem solvers, you know what I mean? Because you have people on jobs that, you know, ain't too fucking nice, you know what I mean? I mean, good people, you know, hard workers, all that stuff, but people come in with problems. Everyone has problems. A lot of drug problems, a lot of alcohol problems. I just waited till the weekends, you know what I mean? But I did in the beginning when I first got out of prison. I'd drink during the weeks too. And, uh, you know, I just realized, you know, weekends is the time to do it. You got to stay with all the responsibility I had. Like, I had everyone's life in my hands, 150-plus people down the hole every time. Sometimes more, sometimes 75, sometimes 100. It doesn't matter if there's five people, three people, one person. I don't want them dying. I want them going home after their shift. You know what I mean? So I always had to keep my head on my swivel, on a swivel and keep it fucking perfect. You know what I mean? One thing I would do is smoke weed. That's it. Fucking five 50,000 ton pits, picks and shit, for, you know, hooking it up to the fucking uh, crane and then sending it down 500 foot shafts, 400 foot shafts, 300 foot shafts, 200 foot shafts, 100 foot shafts, 98 fucking feet shafts, uh, some 12 foot shafts. Yeah, water tunnels are fucking crazy, crazy work, people. 
and people have no clue about it. I'm gonna read comments. I'm sorry, people. Okay, Maddie, Maddie, oh, hold on. Were you up top, Lewis BB? I don't know. All right, I'll get to you, brother. Hold on. They appreciate it. It's good to hear. All right, yep, lots of guys. We have Ruck around here. Where else? Prescott Valley. You think a person can teach themselves jujitsu without a sparring pot, like in boxing? When boxers learn, yeah, but with boxers, bro, they always go and spar. They have to go and spar to realize range, uh, how to slip punches. You could do it if you had a really good fucking trainer, and you have someone to fucking teach you and uh, hold mitts and fucking teach you how to hit the speed bag, the fucking heavy bag, the reasons for hitting it, uppercut bag, fucking motion bag. Uh, just everything, all the things you need to do to become a really great fighter. You know what I mean? And uh, it's not fucking easy, bro. It really ain't. It's not fucking easy. But if you had a really good fucking uh, trainer, he would probably want you to go spot three, four, five times. You know what I mean? Just to get that fucking nervousness out of you or whatever the fuck. Because believe it or not, dude, I'd spot with fucking heavyweights. That was easy. Smile with fucking middleweights, chasing those fucking guys around. Not easy. And after one round, you'll be humbled, Brian. I promise you, after one round, you'll be humbled. You'll be like, damn, this is fucking hard. It is hard. But, yes, you could become a great fucking boxer. You could become an epic fucking boxer. Uh, you could be epic at jiu-jitsu. You could do anything you put your mind to, but you gotta be passionate about it, Brian. You know, that's that's it. You gotta be obsessed with it. My homie Nate Palmer with the million dollar body method and book is holding a keto summit tomorrow around 1 p.m. if you are interested. Uh, I can't get down there to Arizona, bro, but if he's doing like a podcast or something, yeah, I'll join you guys. Uh, just tell me what time, 1 p.m. Is that my time or your time, bro? Because we're like three hours away, bro. Looking good, Bobby. Love your work. Way to say savage, my friend. Trump won the election. Um, I don't know if he won the election, but um, there's definitely some fuckery. I agree. But I'm not into politics here, bro. I lived enough politics in my life uh, on the streets, in the unions, in prison. Two times I'm in state prison. 19 years old. Got out when I was 21, back when I was 23. Got back out, got out when I ended 25, like almost turned 26. So I was very lucky I stayed out. And then that three-month bid I had to do for the fucking union, that cost me 30,000 fucking dollars. And that was 10 years after being out. You know what I mean? So was what it was. Loyal to the end, you know what I mean? When everyone else was fucking all the so-called gangsters and tough guys. When shit gets real, you find out who the real motherfuckers are, and they fucking know it. I know who you motherfuckers are, because judges, friends of ours that worked with the high up in the state police and all other places, they know. They know. The people that are calling people rats, you're the rats. You're trying to take heat off your fucking self. I'm proven. Proven. Go ask any fucking detective. Go ask any fucking... Ask the feds. Ask any of them. DOC, any of them. Those shitbag fucking COs in the DOC too. My fucking cellmate ratted me out. And minimum, I got fucking thrown back behind the wall. Like I should have, right? 
Did he go back beyond the wall? He's my cellmate. He's the only one who knew I was getting weed in underneath my lasagna trays that my mother would bring up every two fucking weeks. So uh, how the fuck else would they would have known, right? So he calls me a rat. I'm beyond the fucking wall. I want to get to this kid so bad. But guess what? The guy, the guy's gone. He died. The kid died. He's my age too. God bless his soul. God bless his soul. Even though he's a rat. God bless his soul. Yeah. So the the lieutenant piece of shit brings me up to my fucking cell or room, whatever you want to call it, because they can lock it. It's like a fucking, it's like a room. It's a room. It's like a cell without cell bars. You know what I mean? Just a a door. And uh, he brings up. Do you know who the bookies are in here? This and that. I go, dude, I know plenty of bookies. Not in here. I don't fucking gamble, asshole. I go, what's up? What are we doing here? Why are we up in my fucking, why are we up in this room? I'll never sleep in this fucking bed again. It don't fucking matter. Like, what do you think? I can't handle going back to Concord? I TKO'd the biggest white guy there fucking my first month there. They shipped me out to a fucking different prison the next fucking morning. So, like, what the fuck do I got to be afraid of? When I walked out the other the first day, 10 people came up to me I knew from Juvie. You know what I mean? And from the streets. What the fuck am I scared of? I wasn't scared to go to prison. Definitely ain't scared to get lugged. So, yeah. People get that fucking story all fucking wrong. I heard him saying shit. Well, let me explain something. How can you hear through fucking thick fucking granite cement fucking brick walls? You can hear the fucking detective... Not the detective, the uh, lieutenant, CO, saying, do you know who the bookies are in this place? Uh, maybe you can help us out. No, I don't help nobody out. I don't help nobody. Uh, you should be able to read that on my fucking record. That I've never fucking... How the fuck can I turn on my people? Anyone, I fucked up, right? So why would I want to bring someone down with me? My second statement, I had a... My best man at my wedding, my first dear friend around this neighborhood, Right? He was in the car with me when I sold a 16th of Coke to Navy Intelligence. I sold him a, a 16th the next night. And he said, we're being followed, Robbie. Because I asked the guy, you know, I put out an eight ball, made it into three lines. I did a line. I passed it in. He did a line. Route 128. It's 93 North and South. Like, like you know, highways. Okay? There's no way he could have blew that away. Because the thing... All the fucking lines would have went all over the place. The two big lines that were there. The one that was there that he was doing and the other line would have went flying all over the place. There's no way he could have done it. So he definitely sniffed it. And he said in the police report, I declined. He didn't decline shit. And then my boy sniffs one, right? And I asked the guy, I go, hey, give me a ride. Give me a ride back down the bar. I don't hang at this bar. I just came up there. He goes, all right, no problem. And then my boy's in the back saying, oh, we're being followed, Bobby. We're being followed, Robbie. We're being followed, Robbie. Right? I go, shut up, shut the fuck up. You're just fucking paranoid. Relax, relax. He was right. He was right. We were being followed. Navy Intelligence, South Shore Drug Task Force. I didn't get uh, I didn't get charged with that for like six months later. Because he gave me, uh, uh, he offered uh, 10 Tech Nines or something. I took his number. I lost the number, thank God. Because I would have got other people involved because I was going to call some other people and say, hey, He's got 10 tech knives, probably got 20 or 30. Let's grab them now. You know, I think they were 500 or 1,000 a piece. I forget. It was pretty cheap in those days, in the late 80s. Well, was this, uh, yeah, 93? Yeah, 93. So 93. So yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty cheap for those days. You know what I mean? Uh, that amount. You know what I mean? That amount. You know, wholesale, buying a bunch. So thank God I lost his number. Never called him again. 
And um, six months later, I think I was, uh, yeah, I was in court. I come out of the court, kind of come out of the courtroom, and there was five, seven, eight, ten COs, court officers with the fucking district attorney, and my lawyers right beside me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why couldn't you guys just say, oh, you're on it. He's got another charge. He has to go down the lockup. But he had to make a big fucking scene in front of everyone else on the hallway. I said, go fuck yourself. You're not fucking... Nah, let's just go to the elevator. It goes right down the lockup. I know this fucking day. I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. So we go down there, and my uh, lawyer comes in, who's now a judge that, you know, thank God, Bev, love you. She goes, she read up the whole thing. Uh, Neil offered me a line. I declined. And she goes, yeah, right. I go, yeah, right, Bev. I go, he's full of shit. And then she told me a story about this kid. She goes, I know these assholes. They fucking, uh, they got this other client of mine. 27 grams they had him went to go get him an ounce. You know, this kid went and got him an ounce. This, uh, these Navy intelligence guys come out with one gram short, right? Make them go in and get that 28 grams. So they give them five years instead of fucking, I got a two and a half conquered. That's a statement. That's the smallest statement you can get. They offered to me in fucking, uh, in Quincy District Court because I was already going to be fucking indicted and all that shit. But instead of wasting taxpayers' money, you know, my lawyer, that's why she's a judge. She was that good. She had that many connections. She's like, I get you two and a half conquered today if you take it today. And I'll get you two weeks uh, stay of execution so you get your shit together before you go. Because uh, my daughter was just born and I was out on bail. You know, it was good. So, uh, you know, she she was really good to me and uh, still a dear friend and no bullshit if it wasn't for her and Bob and Don, my probation officers, all the people that went to bat for me uh, without selling my soul, uh, you know, I, I could thank them for the rest of my life because I was very lucky. They said they seen a lot of, I don't know, they said I had a lot of fucking, uh, oh, what the fuck, a lot of potential. All that shit. You're handsome. You're good looking. You know all this bullshit. You're a hustler. You work hard. You, you know you're a good person. You know you're athletic. You know, all the all these good traits they would say. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there thinking like all I want to do is just make money and fucking be respected and feared. You know that's all I cared about at that age. You know. It's sad. And I see this dude putting in the good work, right? That's why I, I'm going off on a rant like this because I was hearing my dude uh, talk about this earlier and I, I was so proud of him, you know what I mean? I'm like, damn kid, you know, what you're doing for people is really, really uh, noble. Uh, Tem Dog, Tem Dog from New Zealand there. Salute, dude, uh, respect. I love how you were talking to one of those uh ex-gangbangers or still a gangbanger or a biker or whatever the fuck they are. I have no fucking clue. I don't know the gangs over there. I know they have gang problems. God knows we have plenty of fucking gang problems here. But mafia, like he was talking in the thing about don't go shoot the forest, go shoot the deer. When you're shooting into people's houses and you're hitting kids and women and shit like that, that's stupidity. That's why I can never understand the, why the mafia was ever fucked with. Because they never fucking shot innocent fucking people. They never killed kids, women, anything like that. Unless their husband or whatever took that oath and started telling their wife shit and their wife started telling their other fucking friends shit. Before you know it, people know shit. 
And when you're in that business, you got to keep your mouth fucking sealed. I got that offer, right? I ain't going to take an orders. I was a problem solver. I'd go collect for the the Polacks, the bookies, and the, and the Italians. You know what I mean? Anytime someone needed something done, I'd go do it. You know what I mean? That was my hustle. And selling, you know, joints. Two, five, four, ten, six, fifteen, eight to twenty. That was in the eighties. Sensibility, seedless, all the time. So that's how I made money and, and working. It's just the way it was. So instead of the motivational and the preaching and uh, the rants, and I'm not even preaching to nobody out there. I'm just telling you, don't make the same mistakes I made because I never made the same mistake twice. So just please, I think we uh, create our own luck in life. I believe everything is preordained. I, I think everything is um, its meant to happen for a reason. God never gives us more than we can handle. And I know it's easy. I'm sure people are saying out there, Easy for you to say. Easy for you to say. Well, most people couldn't walk five minutes in my shoes. And I want that fucking clown that's six fucking thousand miles away to say something about it, too. Look, I, I read a, a piece of that every day. Uh, uh, every day. And look, there's, there's the Bible right there. New Testament, see? Yeah, so I read the Bible like three times. A long time ago. I like keeping God in my fuck, you know, I'm a Catholic, you know what I mean? I gotta stop saying that for it as much, you know what I mean? I'm trying, really trying hard, people. Won the election, Trump won the election, the 2020 election was stolen. I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Like, uh, if I was there, if I had proof, I'd say I got no problem speaking my mind. I don't need to lie. I have no reason to lie, but that's something I'm not into is politics. Uh, you know, just be careful who you fucking vote for, all right? All right, look, they're already turning on Biden. They're already turning on him. It's amazing. It's amazing how fucking disloyal. Loyalty is royalty where I come from. Still to this day, people that talk shit, I'll still stay loyal to those motherfuckers. I'll stay loyal. I won't talk shit about them. But when I see him on the streets or anywhere, then I'll say, oh, you want to still talk shit? You know what I mean? Because words ain't going to hurt me. Actually speak out of the words. They'll turn white. I heard you fucking say it, asshole. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, you can do it, bro. Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'll check it out. I'm not into keto diets, bro, but I like, uh, I, I know a little bit about them. You know what I mean? I, I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, what's it called? I'm on intermediate fasting. I was on one meal a day fasting for the first year when I came off all the Oxycontin, Oxycodones, the Xanibars, all from that fucking, from that injury when they had to cut my head open and I stopped all the bleeding when I landed on my head 14 feet, bringing my German shepherds up the back stairs and the railing gave on me when I grabbed it. So, yeah, they made that scar. They had to cut my head open, start the bleeding. So, you know, I'm very lucky to be alive. But, uh, yeah, once I stopped coming off all the Oxycontin prescribed, Oxycodone, breakthrough pain meds, Xanibaz, the amount, I don't even want to say because it's just so much, eight Oxycontin 80s a day, eight 30 Oxycodones milligrams a day, uh, nine and 12 Xanibaz a day prescribed, Okay. Uh, then it was f when the fake Oxycontins came out, I was getting 42, 30 milligram Oxycodones a day with uh, eight or nine 
pure morphines, 120 milligram pure morphines, and then uh, what do they call Super 8 Dilata, Dilata 8 milligrams. Uh, and then he put me on methadone to go with that shit. Uh, because he knew I was working and fucking still doing all this shit. He, like, he said, I got to rewrite the fucking medical books, Robert, for you. Because he was internal medicine. Internal medicine and a, and a uh, primary physician, you know what I mean? So, primary care physician, you know. So, yeah, he was uh, shocked that I was always wide awake from the uh, meds I was on. And... Uh, yeah, it had the reverse effect on me, the Oxycontin, Oxycontin. They made me up instead of down. It took the edge off my pain, so I'd go work again another 10 years in the fucking, or whatever it was, I forget. Three, four, four more jobs I worked after my head injury. And then they kind of got me to fucking say yes to the disability, and I signed the paperwork about uh, 2011. So, yeah, start my own fucking shit. You know, I already started, and uh, it'll be a well-oiled machine by... Probably next month or this month or next month or March, the latest, it'll be a well-oiled machine. Like, it'll already be going. And, um, yeah, this whole year is going to be, talk about savage, getting money, it's going to be filthy. It's going to be filthy money. Filthy money. I've already been ghetto fabulous. I already had plenty of money in my safe. 100,000, fucking 60,000, 50,000, 20,000, 10,000, fucking always have money. Always that money coming in. You know what I mean? It's ghetto fabulous. When you have kids, forget about that fucking money. That money, you might as well just put it away for them. And live where I live. Look it up if you don't believe me. Fact check it or whatever. Taxachusetts, Massachusetts. Like, you think California is expensive and fucking New York? Massachusetts is right up there with fucking both of those places. So go look it up. We're in the top five most expensive some places to live, so, yeah, uh, two bedrooms here, and three bedrooms, because I'm in real estate, I went to real estate school, so I know this shit, and I know people who are realtors, very good ones, and, um, like, 2,500 for a two-bedroom, 3,000 sometimes, three and 4,000 for a three-bed, sometimes 5,000 a month, you better off fucking get a mortgage, you know what I mean? Putting 20000 down or something. Putting zero down and paying a fucking bigger mortgage. You pay less than you're paying in the rent and you own it over 30 fucking years or whatever the fuck. A lot of money, lot of money mean to me to be made uh, here. And uh, I, got, I got the leverage, the leads, the listing. That's easy because I'm a hustling fool. And these hustlers out there that you know, some of them, my mentors. But I was already hustling before I met you motherfuckers. Remember that. So always remember that, motherfuckers. You know I'm fucking talking to you. When you hear this, remember what the fuck I said. I was a hustler way before I met you fucking two. Before I met one of you. Then I met your fucking younger brother. Right? Family, though, right? Family, right? Well, I know I'd have your fucking back. Would you have mine? I know the younger one. Good dude. I know the older one, good dude. You know what I mean? Remember who your fucking real friends are out there, people, because loyalty is royalty. And like I said, I haven't talked to my my old men, my 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 biggest mentor, like a father to me. I haven't talked to him, and he was a, he was an usher in my wedding. 
I should have made him my best man, actually. Because I think that fucking uh, pissed him off that I didn't make him my best man. And rightfully so. He should have been my best man. Because uh, I was already a savage, but he even taught me more. He taught me more. But I don't like selfishness. I don't like greed. I fucking can't stand that shit. And hey, shit happens, you know. But I would still be there for him. when it's. Oh, I'm sorry. I seen him after that when his father died. And his grandfather died, whatever. I went to the wakes and he goes, oh, I knew you'd show up. And so, you know, I just, it was good to see him. It was good to see his whole family. And uh, I love those people. Bob, Jimmy, Bob, I love you, brother. Jimmy, I love you. Gina, rest in peace. Joe, rest in peace. Mrs. Uh, Woj, love you. Eddie, Uncle Eddie, love you. And the other un uncle from Pembroke or wherever, uh, Gillette, love you. And the grandparents, obviously, I love yous, but, you know, even fucking did problem solving for those, for his, the grandparents. Young punks talking shit to him every day and bullying the old man and walked up to them. Bang! The biggest kid. The other kids start running. Oh, we no problem. We don't no problem. You fuck with that old guy again, you have a problem. Guess what? Two, three, four, five, six months later, they fucked with him. And I put a fucking cinder block through their fucking front, front fucking window with a note on it. You better fucking control your kids. And they weren't even kids. They were fucking, they were like 17, 18-year-old kids. Giving a fucking old Italian fucking Polish, Polish, uh, Polish, Polak. We call them Polaks around here. Uh, you know, you give an old guy a hard time. What kind of fucking shitbags do that? Like, women, children, and elderly are out of the question. You do not hurt those people. You do not hurt them. All right, let's go. Let's get into this fucking fights. The fights, the fights, the fights. So, congratulations, Jamal Hill. I want to give a shout-out to the podcast that I watch, um, MMA and uh, boxing. Obviously, Teddy Atlas and your young man Rob there, um... I think his name's Rob. Rob's the producer, I think. But uh, I like those that kid, that guy's uh, from Boston or Massachusetts area. I like that guy. I love Teddy Atlas. Uh, Hot Boxing and Joe Rogan Experience. Those were huge inspirations for podcasting for me. Huge inspirations for me. Um, John McCarthy and the punk Josh Thompson. I watched their podcast. I watched the Anik and Florian podcast because they're locals. Always respect the locals, right? I watch uh, Bisping's fucking podcast with Anthony Smith. Slacking Lionheart Smith. Uh, Anthony Smith, I like you as a man because when you didn't fucking take the belt from John Jones when he needed you in the head or whatever the fuck happened, I forget. But I respected you right from that moment on. I'm like, damn, I respect this guy because he could have pulled the fucking, uh, you know, grabbed that ball easy. But you better make your move now, Anthony Smith, or just get rid of it. You, you, are, you got a commentary job. As long as they re-sign you, you'll see commentary. I mean, you're, you're making more of the commentator than you do fighting. I know you want to get that belt. It's going to be hard in that lightweight division. We got some killers in there. John Jones is coming back. But uh, Jamal Hill, congratulations. You believed in yourself. You did it. God bless you, brother. God bless your wife, your kids. I'm sure your kids are very proud to say their father's a light heavyweight champion in the UFC. 
uh, elite of elite of the elite levels. That's you, brother. You did it. You did it, brother. Good for you. But now you got a target on your back. Now you got to fight all these other savages. But Glover, salute, brother. Alex Pereira, salute for being loyal to your man. Salute to being loyal. Salute to being loyal to Glover. I seen your eye in fucking uh, Jamal Hill. That would be a hard fight for Hill because I'll tell you one thing. Pereira hits a lot fucking harder than fucking Glover Teixeira. And Glover Teixeira will admit that. And he kicks a lot harder than fucking Glover. So be careful what you wish for. You just might get But Jamal Hill, you definitely earned it. You stayed composed. Like these are the mistakes. Like guys with talent and skill, really skillful, really go with their hands, go with their legs, go with everything. They're just well-rounded. But in the gym, they're fucking superheroes, right? But when you get in front of a fucking Brazilian hostile crowd, and you get the lights on you, and you know millions of people are watching it, people don't do well. It's all about mental. That's where the mental comes in, the discipline, all the hard work you put in. And you knew it. You knew it. You were very... only reason I took Glover to Shara is out of the heart. And I don't bet. I take action, right? I got football cards. I tell you guys all the time. Get at me in DMs. You want football cards. Do it right over screenshot. Put in your bets. Money's there. Write in your Venmo. Whatever. Cash apps. Whatever the fuck is there. Uh, Tuesday mornings or Monday mornings. Whatever. That comes from my other mentor. You know what I mean? He's been a bookie his whole fucking life. So it's all legitimate. Guy, you know, guys hit five grand all the fucking time. Always paying. But uh, we all know the house wins, you know. But uh, DM me, get at me, and we'll talk. And uh, it'll be worth it because you'll be making money too. Everyone makes money. Slice of pie five ways, like Raekwon the chef said. And he's really right. Everyone's doing well. That's all we care about. We want everyone to do well. But the people that put in the work, we need it. Glover Teixeira, you're a fucking hero, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep saying that, but you are. You're a fucking hero, bro. I love you, brother. I want to go to Connecticut soon and see you and Alex Pereira down there. And I'd like to spar with Alex. I'd like to spar. Uh, maybe I don't want to spar with you, Glover, because, you know, I don't think you're ever going to want to spar again. Or maybe I'm spiraling already. Who fucking knows? You're, you're a fucking savage anyways. But I don't know. I'm 52. Yeah, so it wouldn't be bad for me to spar you. You're 43. You're still a young buck. But, uh, yeah, I just want to spar with those guys and talk to them. You know what I mean? Just show them, like, I'm not one of these regular fucking uh, media guys. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'll give a shout-out to Rush Hour MMA, too, obviously. Uh, my man, Eddie Law. Uh, what the fuck is he called? Keyboard Warriors, I think. Something like that. Uh, out of Arizona, good kid. Good kid. Uh, Alex uh, something. Uh, he uh, interviews a lot of old school MMA guys. He's out of Texas. He's on Twitter. You can find him. Uh, who else? There's, uh, there's other. Check out this guy, uh, Tem, Tem Dog. Uh, Zap Dog. AKA Tem Dog or whatever, uh, Real Raw or whatever, uh, from um, from New Zealand. Check him out. He's uh, I like people that speak the truth. And when he says in there, I don't want to talk about myself, but you got to talk about yourself because if you're not talking about yourself and your experiences, brother, no one's gonna learn from what you're saying. You know what I mean? So 
what you're doing is the right thing by talking about yourself because you have to tell them what you went through. And, you know, if you don't tell them what you went through, then you're not going to be able to inspire them to do well or anything like that, uh, which you're doing very well, brother. I'm very, very proud of you, dude. Really proud of you, man. I love New Zealand. I love Australia. I love that area. South Asia, I love all. I love that part of the fucking world. So a lot of warrior spirit over there. I love it. I fucking love it. I love people everywhere. It doesn't matter. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. But listen, obviously I'm biased where I'm from. I'm not biased with fighters or anything. But sometimes when, you know, guys from around here fight, obviously I want them to fucking win. But most times in fights, nine, probably 99% of the time, I like both fucking fighters. It's hard. Very fucking hard. It's not hard to pick fights, though, because I'm not losing money. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. But this card was fucking off the fucking charts. Let's check this out real quick. Oh, shit, I gotta get rid of that fucking thing. This is what I need a fucking producer for. This is what I need a producer for. Okay, I remember the first fight. Uh, let me see, I can just tell you. Okay, first fight. I'll just go through the whole fucking fights. I think it's very important too. Fedor this week versus Beta. Fedor! You know I love you, brother Fedor. And Beta, I don't have nothing against you, dude, but I'm going for my man Fedor. I don't care what anyone says. People can think about that age shit all you want. Go ahead. Think about the age shit. Age. Think about the age shit. Okay, so here's my picks. But, uh, so I went... Uh, out of 15 fights, I got seven correct. It wasn't a good night. I'm at 738 wins, 560 losses, 14 fucking draws, or this, whatever the fuck. Uh, at 60%, after like one more winning fucking card, I'll be at like, I'll be closer to 70. It takes a while though, but I've only been doing this for, um, I've only been uh, on topologies. Remember since uh, uh, 72321. So only a year and a half. I only picked UFC Bellator 1. Uh, I, I mixed in LFA once in a while, risen a few times, and uh, once in a while. You know what I mean? But most of all, it's UFC. It's elite boxer matches, Bellator, because I know the fighters. In one, I know the fighters. I know most of them. In Muay Thai, I kind of have an idea. So, uh, this is, uh, I got the Teixeira one wrong because I bet with my heart I wanted him to win. I knew Jamal Hill was going to be a problem. I said he'd be a fucking uh, champion, you know, another year or two from now. I want a Glover to win in Brazil and then retire right there and put it up vacant again. Because Alex Perez moving up the fucking light heavyweight. We all fucking know that. He's a double champ in glory. Middleweight and fucking light heavyweight or whatever heavyweight. I forget. 
Light heavyweight or heavyweight, I forget. The same fucking thing, in my opinion. Anything 200 pounds or all the yard, fucking heavyweight, trust me. So I have Moreno right. I had him uh, round four KO. Got stopped in round three. KO, TKO, round three from the uh, uh, one eye. Uh, so it was round four. So I was off one round with that one, right? So co-main and main events, I'm really good at picking, right? So I got Moreno. Everyone had Figueredo. I know a lot of people. I had Burns over Magny. I had a KO in the, uh, round three because I thought it was going to be a quick fight. I should have did it in two or, or first or second round. Burns wanted to make a statement. I thought Magny was just so seasoned, you know. So, you know, I, I took uh, Burns uh, round three, and it was uh, submission. I had him on a KO, TKO, so it was a win. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I had Andrade versus uh, Murphy. They should have stopped that fight, but Murphy is a top fucking son of a bitch. Maybe some of you guys can learn about that, about a uh, woman. <laughs> Laura Murphy, man, a fucking savage, man. That fucking woman is a fucking savage. Whoever don't think so, you really got a fucking problem or you're a fucking hater or something. But Andrade, she's, she's a fucking problem. I had that uh, KO uh, round three. It went the distance. Johnny Walker, because he's not consistent, and Paul Craig is not always consistent, but he pulls shit out of the fucking his ass sometimes. You know, the rabbit out of his hat, the old fucking quote, right? I don't know. I just, I had, I had Paul Craig, but Johnny Walker, I mean, you got some power, kid, and uh, stay focused, and uh, Paul Craig, Paul Craig. Uh, stick with it, brother. Use your hands more. Use your hands. Get range. And then go for those takedowns. Learn wrestling a little bit more because jiu-jitsu ain't going to get you double and single leg takedowns. Uh, I don't care what anyone tells you. Uh, that's just not the way it works. It's not the way it works. Jiu-jitsu is when you're on the ground with somebody or behind somebody or you grab their back or they're fucking, you're on their back or their neck, obviously. You know, there's a million different scenarios with jiu-jitsu, but you've got to get them down for us to do that. Or grappling got to be good enough. And obviously, you could grapple. You know what I mean? Paul Craig just going to touch up a few things. Not to be ashamed of. Great win, uh, Walker. I lost that one. I had submission round three. Uh, Paul Craig. Because I seen him training so hard and shit. Portiera versus Rua. Versus Shogun, salute Shogun. Thank you for all the memories and uh, WEC or whatever. All the fucking, all the uh, promotions you were in prior to fucking UFC. You were a fucking legend, brother. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best, uh, Shogun. Uh, heart of fucking of a warrior. God bless your soul. I took you because I wanted to see you win. Because I'm not betting here, people. And I said that on Savage Inc. picks. I took fucking uh, Robocop. He's been fucking going through the, the fucking division. But Ferreira, out cold. Fucking flying knee. I practice that move every fucking day. That jump switch knee, always. Or I could I could switch it up with the kick too. Jump switch kick. Diego uh, uh, Moises uh, versus Costa. I had Costa in this one. I thought he'd just go out there angry and beat everyone up. And nope, 
He didn't beat him up at all. He got beat up. Round three, KO got KO'd in round three. I had him uh, winning. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. Submission. He had submission. Uh, round two. 405 of round two. I, I had uh, Costa winning uh, KO, TKO, round three. We had one of the Bonfin, Bonfin, uh, Bonfin Thim brothers versus uh, Lazaz. Lazaz. I took Bonfin in this one in a submission. Uh, it was a submission in round one. I had round two, so it was a semi-perfect pick. Uh, Almeida. I had Almeida versus uh, Shamil. Uh, KO, TKO. Uh, I had a round one. It was in round two. Semi-perfect pick. I lost this one. Stanman. Stanman versus uh, Lacerda. Uh, I just thought Stanman was too much thinking about his muscles and not thinking about fighting. You know, trying to be a bodybuilder, not a fighter, but he proved me wrong. He fucking tough kid. Uh, round three decision. And uh, that could have went either way, too. It, you know, I, I really haven't broken down that fight yet. Uh, the other uh, Bon Finn, the first uh, fight up, the first fight, I went against him. I had Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney, you're going to really look at yourself in the mirror, brother, and uh, get back to training, taking it seriously. I like seeing you doing a shot with your, uh, and whatever you guys are doing with the line, with the guy that uh, beat you, that knocked you out with the flying knee. Uh I had McKinney KO uh, TKO round three. It didn't happen. He got uh, round two. It's that fucking, you can't have your mouth open when you're fucking fighting, man. You know, you need to breathe through your nose. Slow down your heart rate. Chill. You know what I mean? Uh, salute. Uh, Bonfim. Bonfim. Uh, Bonfim in that fight. That was a great, great fucking uh, kick, bro. It was a great uh, flying knee. Uh, Dolby versus Alves. Alves. I, I always uh, pronounce Alves because around down New Bedford, forever there's a lot of uh, a lot of Portuguese. And I know a lot of Alves. But Alves versus Dolby. I had Dolby. I had a gut feeling he would win. That was a good fight, though. Alves. Uh, at KO round three, uh, it was a decision, obviously. I could have won either way, too. Uh, I had uh, Farron. Farron, you got to use your reach, man. You could be a dangerous fighter, Farron. Nunez, good fight. Tough fight for you. It was hard to get inside on her, the cracker. But she had no head movement at all. She's not throwing punches back. She's just taking punches. It's like, who the fuck is this fucking... Who the fuck is your fucking trainer? Is anyone teaching you to slip fucking punches? Damn, man. When you see someone with uh, talent like that, like it's like a waste of fucking talent. In the first fight, uh, Marcos, I had Marcos. I know, you know, I just knew he was going to win this fight. KO, uh, TKO, I had him in round three. It was in round two, so another semi-perfect pick. So I was uh, seven and eight. Uh, no. Yeah, seven and eight. So I was seven and eight. Not usually what I do. Usually I'm 75% of the time, I'm way over fucking 50%. You know what I mean? It's just those times when the, it's just those cards that sometimes, you know, you just, 
You just never know. Anything can happen in mixed martial arts. You know what I mean? It really can. But two of those wins, I could have won against them. And, uh, fucking pot all over the place. Um, could have once again won against them and been nine and fucking six. But I'm a loyal, loyalty as royalty guy, so I stuck with Glover and Shogun. But if I was betting money, I would have probably went the other way. Uh, Marcos defeats uh, Oliveira, KO, uh, round two, 218 of round two. I had him in round three. So that's the 283 card. Uh, we got, we got, uh, we got Fedor versus Beta. Uh, Bellator. We got uh, BKFC, and we got a really good fight. Uh, top ranked boxing. I'm pretty sure, and but we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Um, yeah, we got some good shit. We got some good shit. We got great. Like these cards are just gonna keep getting better and better. This whole year, it's such a good time to be a mixed martial. I've been a MMA fan since UFC started in '93. I like glory, pride, all that shit. I've always followed it. You know what I mean? Uh, when John Jones uh, came in to the division, started beating legends like he was doing. I had Chandler Jones here as a Patriot. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go check out your fucking brother. And I, I was amazed at how much it, it evolved. And uh, not saying there wasn't. I got plenty of legends from back in those days. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just getting so elite now. People are so fucking good now. So uh, it's the, it's it's a deadly game of chess. From unconsciousness to be unconscious and to stay level-headed like Jamal Hill did in that fucking uh, fight last week at 283. He stayed composed, breathed through his nose when he's on the ground, didn't panic. Fundamentals, got back up, what he trained for, did what he had to do. Glover Teixeira, you're always going to be a hero of mine, brother, even more so now because what I've seen, what you did, uh, this fight, I, I was I was so impressed with what you did this past fight. I was so fucking impressed. And not that I haven't seen people do that before or nothing like that. You just you're a class act, Glover. And I'm really glad you're gonna work with Alex Pereira, your uh, your left hand man there. I knew it was gonna be a close fight. I knew you could win that fight because I knew you spar with that fucking savage every fucking day. And uh, Jamal Hill hits hard, but so does fucking Alex Pereira. So that's why I knew you weren't going to fucking go out. But everyone, I want everyone to have a blessed day. Thank you, Brian. Everyone else that jumped in, in and out, all the people on audio, podcasts, I appreciate you. Subscribe, like, share, help us grow, helps the algorithms. My shorts are fucking banging, doing really well. Um, you know, I almost got my fucking monetization on here. Help me share, like, help me grow. I monetize on every other fucking podcast platform. Help me out, people. All your loyalty as royalty savages.
and inquiry is it blasphemy plugging his own spells catastrophe stop hating stop faking stop making lame ass songs they're fake and phony and they're way too fucking long got a hot ass song plugging his all the sith lord fit the man shit of war don't be a sound or fucking selfish I'll crack your fucking head like a fucking shellfish uno dos So much trouble on my mind, refuse to lose. Is your ticket? Your drummer get wicked. Go 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 solo. Never gonna be a bugger. Need go solo. I don't know about me, I know how the culture of culture. Still 
Gonna get some get out of hustle of culture. Quadruple M M M M M M A six one seven eight five seven. The cities of heaven, Boston, Quincy, city of champions. All day I dream about sense Amelia and sex. <laughs> no, that was teenage shit, man. But a dogs all the time. Except for training New Balance and Adidas. Mix it up. Okay, let's see the man of 283, Jamal Hill. Salute. Great fucking job, dude. Like, you know, Glover is a fucking... He's, he's always been one of my, you know, class act fucking humble fucking tell you like it is there's no flop there's no fucking bullshit I see this new dude on uh, my friend Kiwi uh, from Australia hooked me up with this new dude uh, I like what he's doing what's his name uh, I want to give you a shout out brother cause uh, I really uh, I like I like what you're doing bro I really do you know giving people oh Rod Zap Dog Zap dog. I thought you calling yourself uh uh what's his name? Dog uh he's uh Tim Dog. Tim Dog Fuck Compton was the name of the album, I think. I think that was the name of the album. Step to me. Yeah, step to me. I just get a kick out of that dude, but that dude uh he can rap, dude, and he can back his shit up, too. Like, you know, like me, like like this dude right here can back his shit up. You know what I mean? So, uh, Zap Dog, salute, respect, respect, brother, respect. I come from the same place you come from, brother. I'm just 52. See the, see the, you can see the old school fucking tats, but I got sleeves, bro. So, and I got more coming. This guy right here. Congratulations, uh, Jamal Hill. This guy right here, savage. Fucking, this is what kids should strive to be like, this guy right here. And Jamal Hill too, Jamal Hill too. People, the dogs are calling, the dogs are calling. Look at this shit. Hey, name, hey name. What the fuck does his name mean? Tanner here, I've got some. Something special for you. I spent over $2.1 million on my own personal development. Good for you, dude. I haven't had to spend no money on my personal development. Because I do my personal development myself. And nothing against you, Tanner. I have a sheet with over 30 plus convos with individuals who have sold companies for $40 million all the way up to $4 billion. Salute. Good job. It's yours free. If you like to view that document, reply back, billionaire, and I'll send over instructions. You know what, Tana? I just might. See what you got going on. You got a chance to grab uh, automated. I get all these. Robert G. Quadruple OG. Get it right. Robert G. Your chance to grab our automated prospecting system is live. Tap here to find out more. Hey, listen. I'm not hating on these people's hustles at all. You don't have to motivate me. I would motivate you. Whoever's sending me these freaking texts, I'd motivate you. Trust me. 
I've never been unmotivated in my freaking life. Have I been lazy ever? Never. Never in my fucking life. You don't need to uh, motivate me. And I made more money than you guys made as a 12, 13 year old kid all the way up to fucking whatever. And then legal work too made probably almost a couple million. Yeah, close to a couple million legally. Kids cost a lot of money where I'm from, man. I got two fucking awesome kids. The second kid's about to be 18 in April, and uh, captain on his basketball team, senior, you know, going to college probably to play ball or, uh, you know, start his own business or commentary. Uh, the kid got it up here, just like my daughter. My firstborn should be uh, 29, 29? No, should be 28 in October. So uh, I think she's 28 already, actually. Yeah, 29 in October coming up. So, yeah, so 10 years apart, you know what I mean? We weren't expecting to have another kid, but it happened. And it was, you know, those two times in my life. See, the quadruple M's, I'm trying to explain this to people out there. I know people that know what it means. It's MMA, it's boxing, because that's where I started in the streets and then boxing. And lifting weights and all that shit, training. My whole fucking life. I was an athlete playing baseball, all that shit. Everyone knows that shit. But for the people that don't, the quadruple M's is for MMA, elite, elite, epic. It's always elite and epic, right? Elite MMA, epic MMA, elite, epic boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing. And I like bare knuckle too. I like bare knuckle because that's what I did in the streets, you know what I mean? The 80s and 90s is the way it was. And uh, it still is if someone wants some, you know what I mean? Like just don't take shit from nobody you can't you can't have that attitude either you know what i mean someone disrespects you you gotta you gotta you gotta handle yourself man you know or evaluate the situation because every time someone starts with me i finish it i go to jail and then i gotta pay my fucking lawyers thirty fifty thousand dollars then i'm letting down the judges that used to be my fucking lawyers and shit so i've been out of trouble for so fucking long they'd be like what the fuck you know so yeah, it's not good for me to fucking hit people because, you know, with the assault batteries with a dangerous weapon, shot foot, fucking aluminum baseball bats, hockey sticks, back in the 80s, you know, as a teenager. You know, it was just fucking craziness, you know? See, that's why I love elite fighting because, you know, lifting weights, all that shit, it's, it's good. I'm not going to ever say, don't go to the gym, don't lift weights, don't get, whatever. Get strong. That's the main thing. It was all about strength for me. And obviously getting bigger, because that's what you want to do. Because you automatically see yourself getting better when you stick with something. When you have discipline and you continue to grow and you just keep, you'll constantly grow. If you're just doing the simplest things, eating right, training hard, eating right, training right, eating right, resting right, and repeat. It's very fucking simple. It's like quadruple sets I always talk about. When I do four sets, one set, one set, one set, one set, then I take a break. That's for endurance, strength, all of it. You know what I mean? But uh, 283, unfucking believable. So Brandon Moreno, salute. Great job, kid. I love your fucking attitude. I always have a special place in my heart for Mexican fighters because I was a Julio Cesar Chavez fan back in the days. You know, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Chocolito, uh, Chocolito from Cuba. I was always a Cuban uh, boxing fan. 
and uh, always South American, Brazil, all those, Argentina, all of them. You know, all the boxers that came out of all those places, South America, Venezuela, all of them. Uh, Panama, Roberto Duran, I'm working on a documentary uh, for all years. I, I gotta uh, educate people on, you know, elite, elite, elite fighters at one fucking. Roberto Duran was not a middleweight. He wasn't a middleweight. He was, he won four championships in divisions underneath middleweight. He just kept gaining weight in between fights because he liked to eat because he grew up fucking starving. You know what I mean? So I get it. Mike Tyson used to peek through the window where he was eating, seeing what he was eating, steak and fucking all that shit. You know what I mean? And then Mike Tyson, when he won the belt, or when he was gaining freaking momentum and about to win the belt, or whatever, he goes, whatever Roberto Duran was eating, this is what I want to eat in here. So they would just remember what Roberto Duran ate, and they'd... Roberto Duran's a savage, man. And I watched him fight my hero, fucking, uh, rest in peace, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Uh, he was the man I wanted on the first when I start having really interesting people and inspiring people, you know what I mean? Here's the thing with me talking to mixed martial artists or fucking boxers or anything elite. I'm not gonna kiss their ass like all these other media people do and shit. I don't consider myself media. I just love talking fights because I've been watching them my whole fucking life. I'm 52 years old. These grays, that ain't shit. I don't got grays on my head. You know what I mean? It's just on my face. I don't know, and that just started happening. I just started fucking happening. Over fucking, I don't know, the past fucking 10 years or something, I guess after 40 or something, or whatever the fuck. 50, I just turned 52 the beginning of this month, January 7th, you know, lucky sevens. 1771. See, a lot of idiots out there, they don't want to say their names, they don't want to fucking nothing. Because everything's public record, right? No hiding from nothing, right? I got nothing to be ashamed of. I paid for my fucking shit, man. I paid my fucking, I paid the dues. I put in the work, I paid the dues, paid my dues, and I did my time like a fucking man, and hey, it's what it is, right? But that was a long time ago, people. Young, teenage years, late 80s, mid 80s, I was a juvie, DYS, fucking in and out, in and out, in and out. But, the last time I went was for four months, and it was a program. You do four months there, it's like a boot camp type thing. Kinda, you know, not really, but not a boot camp. But uh, um, when I got out of there, I stayed good for a while, man. Like I don't know, two years I was good, you know, still selling joints and shit, you know, on the corner and still, you know, doing stupid shit, right? But uh, you know, staying out of fucking going to juvie and shit. And uh, this was my probation officer, my intensive probation officer. Uh, he's a he's a judge now. My intensive probation officer when I was 13. These are all adult probation officers. I was 13. I had adult probation. And my main adult probation officer. He was uh, still is. Both of them still are great guys. You know what I mean? Uh, and my lawyer, who's a judge in Superior Court. See, I wish I was a criminal right now, because then I, I'd have all these people. You know, I got another judge in, in Suffolk, who's a dear friend of mine. You know what I mean? I got him like a million plus dollars worth of comp cases, you know what I mean? Because in the union, people get hurt. I just ho hook them up with a lawyer, you know what I mean? Here you go, call him, you know what I mean? And uh, three great lawyers he works with in there too. So he still works as a lawyer and a judge right across the street in his office right across the street. Good dude, you know what I mean? Good guy. 
I know I could count on it if I ever needed it. I don't think I'll ever need these guys' help. You know what I mean? Hopefully, God forbid. You know what I mean? I hope I never need their help again. You know what I mean? And uh, actually, I've never actually needed their help. But the guy in Cambridge, uh, you know, we had our understanding. He was a good guy. He called me uh, the day after I fell on my head in 2003 in the hospital when I woke up uh, two days later out of the fucking brain surgery. You can see the scar, right, guys? That didn't happen for me falling. It happened from them cutting my head open and starting the bleeding on the right side of my brain. Or I would have died. You know what I mean? So my wife had to uh, sign the paperwork and say, you know, yeah, go for it. Doctor showed her my brain and showed her there's a patch there. It was like all gray or whatever. She, he goes, that's blood. We don't know if he got to wipe his ass for the rest of his life if he wakes up or, or he could die on the operating table. You know, we don't know. So that's all from grabbing my railing, a given, and me falling over my two German Shepherds vertically, 14 feet on my head. That was in 2003. Less than a year later, I was back to the Union, running fucking, actually I wasn't running, uh, I was a top man on uh, State Street, they were doing some demolition issues, so I just went with the Laborers Union, worked with them, 133, shout out to 133, Tommy Williams, rest in peace, brother, uh, Cirillo, I know you're still alive, respect, brother. Those are old school guys that I like a lot, and uh, they like me a lot. Loyalty is royalty. These new guys, they have no fucking clue. They only have loyalty themselves. Never mind, fuck anyone else. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's not an easy job either. You know what I mean? So, to make everyone happy. But here's the deal you gotta put people in who are proven, who have done their jobs right. No one ever got killed under their watch. I had all kinds of responsibility. All kinds. I never made. No one was calling my business manager, ex-business manager, saying, this guy's a problem. Well, you know, my if they ever did call, you know, my ex-business manager, well, you're going to need a governance partner to get him off the job because he's my eyes and ears. Only one I can fucking trust. He could trust two other guys, too. And the other guys that he trusted, they all fucking went along with the lies with the feds. Is what it is, right? Is what it is. Hey, we all have egos, right? So I understand the prosecution. I get it. I get it. My uh, ex-business manager beat a case. A guy came into the fucking uh, union hall with a gun. And my ex-business manager pulled out his gun. And the guy ran. And the guy fucking called the fucking feds on him. You know what I mean? So, but uh, my, my ex-business manager had a fucking, had the, uh, I think it was, uh, might have been Kenny McLean. Uh, safety safety coordinator for the San Ogs and tunnel workers, San Ogs. Uh, he might have been there. So when he was walking out of court, that was like 20 prior years to this thing in 2001, and when it all eventually went down in 2003, I went and did my time. Short time, I was very very lucky, but it cost a lot of money to get those, you know, the short fuckers. Out. But I was out of prison for about almost 10 years, so. Um, and then he got 72 or 78 months or 82 months, and he's not even a criminal. Only thing he did wrong was fucking us. He separated with his wife, and it was a big mess, right? Went on a tear, fucking drinking, sniffing blow, you know, all that bullshit, right? And we always told him, hey, you know, we love you, brother. You know what I mean? You work too hard for this. You know what I mean? You work 25 years as a foreman down in the holes, in the tunnels, you know, in the subway systems, all the water tunnels we've done, right? Why are you gonna ruin this? You know what I mean? He would say, what the fuck, you guys like your fucking jobs? Are you guys on my fucking side? 
Yeah, I'm on your side. That's why I'm going outside and telling the feds to go fuck themselves in their fucking tinted window cars. Walk out their windows. What, you don't think we see you fucking assholes? Fuck you. Wrong guy. Wrong motherfucker. Maybe you should be watching me. Honestly, guy wasn't a fucking criminal. Made his mistakes. And the, and the judge, I went to his uh, sentencing. I just want to tell this story because it's pretty incredible, right? Check this out. He, he was sober for uh, like four years. He never had a problem with, with drugs or booze prior. He'd go out on Fridays down the uh, Bodgy Club. We, we'd see him down on Friday nights. Go down there, we'd have a couple drinks back when, when I used to drink, right? That was 22 fucking years ago and prior to that, right? Fridays, we'd see him down there, drink. And uh, he would be home before it was dark. That's how much he loved his wife and kids. And I understand. I love my wife and kids. So I get it. So the judge says, oh, first the prosecutor says, and this is all about the ego, what I'm trying to get across, right? So when he walked out of the courtroom 20 years prior to this in 2001, he said, you can't touch me because I guess she was being really rude to him and thought he was really the culprit, but he wasn't. Scott ain't like that. God bless his soul. He's a good man. He's a good man. Uh, I got a fucking huge pension because of him, you know what I mean? But I did a lot to this guy, too, you know what I mean? But she had an ego, the fucking federal fucking prosecutor. So when he said, you can't touch me, basically it was kind of the fucking truth. Uh, the feds, not really the truth, though. The feds, 97, 98% conviction rate in fucking Boston. So when they fucking summons me and... I don't know, we had 1,400, almost 1,500 members at, at this time, 2001. In 2003, after I got up doing my time for the union, because I wasn't going to blame it on my dead friend, Coda Fennin. I was going to blame it on my boss, right, at the time, right? I, I, I knew exactly what the fuck I was doing. Going to give the kid a slice of humble pie that he just sucker punched my fucking uh, business manager. So, she had an ego. So guess who was the fucking prosecutor on his new case, federal case? Her. So when I walk into the courtroom, and there's a lot of people there, right? She goes, Your Honor, one of his fucking union enforcers, one of his enforcers just came into the courtroom, Your Honor. And I go to get up, but I'm with the new business manager now, right? He wasn't the new business at the time. He, he grabs my knee, goes, Don't rob, don't Bobby, don't Bobby, don't, don't rob me. I'm like, Yeah, maybe you're right, maybe you're right. But all I wanted to say was, Your Honor, what she said is wrong. I just did time for this. I just got out less than a month ago. That guy, they should make a statue of him. This is what I told the feds too. Shit in a fucking hat. I don't know who the fuck's telling you guys this fucking bullshit. They ask me, where do you borrow your money from? Where do you get guns? Well, listen, I make more money than you guys make. How do I need to borrow money? Guns? I've been collecting those since 15, 16, 17 years old. So, no, no one sells guns on the fucking jobs. You're talking about 1903 to fucking 1940s or something. People always went to fucking work with guns. Well, we always had guns on the job just in case fucking people, you know, wanted to fuck because certain people don't play fair, you know what I mean? So we always had guns and lockers and shit. People went to jobs, went to their jobs at Sandons with guns and, you know? Because uh, if someone was trying to take their job, not, not, uh, no you ain't, I got a bigger gun. Swear to God, it's a, that's the documentary I really want to work on is Sandhog's documentary because I got a good relationship with the New York, uh, New York City, in the Bronx. 
uh, there's only two Santa unions in America. Quincy, Boston and Quincy. It used to be in Boston, but it's right here in Quincy, right next two cities connected. So it's right here in Quincy, right? Built a new union hall here, right? And uh, yeah, I want to do a really big documentary on uh, six generations of fucking miners that come from Southwest Quincy in this area, Boston area, you know what I mean, metropolitan. You know, so uh, why not? We should be proud of that fucking shit. We did all the water tunnels. We did all the fucking train fucking tunnels. We did all the tunnels for anything. Mostly water tunnels and train tunnels and transportation tunnels, but mostly water tunnels out of, mostly out of all of it, water tunnels. Seven or eight water tunnels I ran the shifts on. Top man slash Stuart slash uh, Master Regular Tiger slash Problem Solver. Now you got 1,400 members, plus members, right? It takes a certain type of breed of people to do this type of work. So you could just imagine 60% of ex-felons, you know what I mean? So, you know, you got people, you got to have people up there that are fucking, uh, that can handle these people, right? And keep people in line and shit. And uh, go to bat for your fucking workers and, and tell the fucking company, stop bird-dogging my guys. They know what the fuck they're doing. They don't need you watching them. Go down five miles down the fucking tunnel somewhere, sit on a five-gallon bucket and read the fucking paper. Leave my guys alone. And I go down there every night and say this shit. You know what I mean? And uh, finally they got the message, you know what I mean? Because when my business manager got a call, what the fuck is up with this guy you got up here? He's over. Well, he's there for a reason. That's why he's there. So you guys don't fuck over our guys. Northeast beast, different beast. All these fucking mining companies, they always knew. They're all from West, Western fucking Mass. Some of them are from like Scotland. Some of them are from way down South, you know, coal miners and shit, right? And they have no idea about coming up here with all the fucking unions, you know what I mean? They have no idea coming up the Northeast with fucking tunnel work in New York City and, and Boston and, and Washington DC and all that shit, because that's where all the tunnels I know that are, that are absolutely uh, built, you know what I mean? I know. That we have a, let me think in Quincy. So we have a we have a we have a tunnel in Quincy, right? We have a bunch of them, right? We have uh, flood tunnels. The last tunnel I worked on was a flood tunnel, uh, not dot not Dutchester CSO uh, Castle Island uh, uh, flood tunnel, and uh, that goes where Castle Island is. It, it goes from not Dutchester all the way to uh, Castle Island, like in a circle underneath the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, and then onto the. Uh, you know, probably about a football field, 150 yards away from the beach. So it's like that's where the shaft is, and that's where. You, so most of the jobs we had like 500 foot shafts. That shaft was about 150 feet, 100 feet. It went down deep, but then the tunnel boring machine TBM, it, it would go like like at an angle, slowly down. You know, slowly down all the way till its destination. You know what I mean? That was. Um, uh, that was uh, North Dutchess. It was uh, right behind the Expo Center or whatever, Epcot Center, whatever the fuck it's called. Right there at the Rotary um, where the state police barracks are and shit. Uh, right where Southie and uh, Orchard Park, uh, not Orchard Park, um, uh, one of the projects in Southie. It was like right there on the Dorchester Southie line, right there. So that's why it was called North Dorchester. It's the end of Dorchester and the beginning of Southie. So you got South Boston, Dorchester, then you got Quincy. You know what I mean? I don't know why Quincy ain't Boston. I have no fucking clue. 
probably because way back in the days, horse rides and shit, they didn't have cars, right? So probably, you know, it's only eight miles from right where I fucking live, um, the industrial part of Quincy, Southwest. I mean, it's seven, eight miles to downtown Boston, you know what I mean? Without the fucking, uh, well, the uh, highway and the fucking trains, if you could just bypass that. that. Hey, yo, Polly, I'm not Polly, bro. I'm Bobby. Lewis, 011, BB, what's BB mean, B-boy? I don't know you, bro, but I'll, I'll throw you up there. How's that, brother? I don't know who you are, brother, but let me know. Lewis, are you on uh, Rush Hour MMA, brother? Just give me a thumbs up. Because I think I I think I, I know your name for some reason. You know, this fucking uh, social media shit's fucking all new, new to me. I'm old school people. Like, when like I was running all those tunnels, you guys were all learning tech. I wasn't. You know what I mean? Not. I got it down pretty good. If I had a fucking producer like two producers or something, this fucking thing would be insanity. I wouldn't have to get everything ready and do it all. It's not like it's hard or nothing. I'm just saying. It's harder for me because I'm not used to this shit. I'm not used to talking to a camera with no one behind it. You know what I mean? Getting in fights, never scared. I mean, I guess when you're younger, you have a little fucking nervous. The only time I was ever nervous was in court. Live by the sword, you die by the pen. Trust me. Trust me. That pen, that judge, always nervous. Even when I wasn't even worried about nothing, I was still nervous. Because I was in there since I was 13 years old and shit. 15, 16, just bullshit. Brian, what's up? Lewis doesn't answer me. Hey, yo, Polly. I don't know fucking Polly. Hey, my name ain't Polly, bro, but hey, yo, to you too, brother. Like, you know, don't worry about it, man. There's nothing biased here. Yeah? There's uh, my boy Brian Pietro, the artist, and now the mind control. Not in a bad way, mind control, but you know what I mean. What, what, you already know I have a strong mind, Brian, so what is it? Hold on. Hold on. I can, well, I actually, yeah, I can. Mind coach, right? Mind coach, really good kid right there, uh, for you younger people, good kid right there. I hope that young man that we talked to uh, took that serious what we told him. So yeah, uh, Brian the Mindset Coach. That's his new name. Brian, I just want to let you know. He started out with like two views and then it just bounced up the double digits and um, your old one did fucking a lot bigger. But you know, here's the deal. It just keeps going and going and going. People watch them. It's just, um, I've been shadow banned off and on, you know what I mean? Overlord, you're the overlord? I like you, bro. I like you. I love the, I love the fucking, uh, I love the fucking confidence, bro. You gotta have confidence. You don't have to thank me, but I'll put it up there, but you are the overlord, bro. You are the overlord of your destiny, brother. And you are, brother. You are. What'd you take at 282? Did you watch 283, Brian? You're hanging out with all these mixed martial artists or whatever down there in Arizona, because I know there's plenty of them down there in New Mexico and Vegas right there, right? I mean, what'd you think? Did you watch? You watch it the next day? It doesn't matter as long as you watched it. 93. He did. His mother was really grateful. Big shout out from her to you. Listen, you get to tell his mother no problem, but that's not what we're doing it for. We're not doing it to make them 
thank us or anything like that. Let's see them do well. Then they can thank us, right? Because if he's not doing good, then we didn't do fucking much good at all. I just wanted to be as honest as I could with that kid. And I told him, I told, I gave him uh, permission for you to give him my number. If you ever need someone, if you can't get in touch with you, you get in touch with me. Or maybe he's more comfortable talking to you about certain things and, and me, maybe like old school shit. Maybe, oh, maybe you'll understand this or whatever. Yeah, I know how to, uh, you know, solve a problem. You just nip it in the bud. You just get it over it. So you don't have to think about it. It doesn't run space in your head. You know? He did as well. Oh, you didn't watch it? That's fine, bro. Check it out, bro. Great fucking fights. And you know, here's the, here's the best thing. Every fucking UFC pay-per-view gets better and better and better. Even the fight nights. I wish they weren't in the Apex all the fucking time. I wish they go to city to city city. But let's give Dana one, White some fucking credit here. And I, I, I don't respect the man as a man. He talks like a gangster, never talked like a gangster here when he lived there. He ran from me, got a one-way ticket to Vegas, scared the fucking death. So when you see him, see him talking tough, father sing from tough. Father sing from tough, because my mentor got that phone call. I've already said this story. Go back and listen, all right? I'm not going to say it again. But I uh, got that same phone call. He goes, I got all the insurance I need right here. Click, click with his AR-15. Strickland, I like you. I like your Strickland, but check this out, bro. Oh, in the shower with an AK-47. America, the American way. Well, let me explain something to you, Strickland, all right? I know we all say dumb shit, but when it comes to guns and shit, you better know your shit, all right? You didn't grow up in the streets. You have no fucking clue. That AK-47, you'll probably shoot yourself with it. AR-15. M-16 turned into an AR-15, okay? That's an American fucking weapon. Smith & Wesson. 45 caliber. 44 caliber. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, AK-47, preferred weapon of the enemy. I don't even have any enemies across this fucking planet, but we've had, we have a lot of enemies, right? And that's a preferred weapon of the enemy. Not just Russia's enemy. That's Middle East fucking enemy. Uh, the Middle East uh, weapon, I mean, of choice. Uh, all the so-called enemies we have all use AK-47s. M-16s, AR-15s, they made them a little bit more precise and you didn't have to, you know, slam it. You know, sometimes it would jam. They wouldn't jam as much. They had, a, they had the bolt. You just go like this and would unjam. Um, and there's other other upgrades to the AR-15 uh, from the M16 to AR-15. Now they got guns that shoot around corners that you can look right to the thing and the fucking it turns to the left like that. The fucking the barrel. Talk about fucking technology, right? So that fucking so half of that barrel half of it is really the firing pit. The one that turns. You know what I mean? And once you get locked on your target around that corner, boom. So, military, hey, Iraq had the biggest uh, ground military in the world, right? America went in there with the Air Force. Next morning, send the Marines in there. They were all fucking put up their surrender flags. Can't fuck with America. I try to tell this to people. Can't fuck with America. I love every country out there. I'm not even bullshitting. Listen, North Korean people, Russian people, I have Russian, I got Russian friends. I have them on there. I have no problem saying it. 
Chinese people, I love them all. All my Chinese friends, all the Russians, I know, all the people I know from everywhere. I like these people. I just can't stand our politicians. You can't stand your politicians? I can't stand ours either. So don't worry about it. You know what I mean? We need new blood in the fucking, as politicians. And there's a lot of good ones out there. There's people that actually get into politics to do the right thing. But you're always gonna, you're gonna grease palms. Everyone's gonna make money. You know what I mean? But these guys, these people get too greedy. Way out of control. You know why? Because they never had power growing up. Never had power in their life. Once you get someone a badge and a gun or a, or a fucking license to steal, whatever the fuck, right? Not good when you're not a courageous person in the fucking first place. You start drinking and all that bullshit, right? Liquid courage, all that bullshit, right? Am I right? I don't need booze for fucking courage. Never have, never needed it. I drank, I sniffed lines to keep drinking in the 80s and 90s, right? And then I finally smacked the fuck up because my wife had a long talk with me and I just chose my wife and my daughter at the time over partying every weekend, you know what I mean? So it was the uh, best thing ever happened to me. That was 99-2000, uh, we got married in 2001. But I was with her since 92. So uh, yeah, I should have married her earlier, you know what I mean? All the shit she put up with me, like not physical or nothing like that, just the stupid shit. I wouldn't come home for two, three days, five days sometimes. Like in the beginning, you know? But uh, everything just elevated from then, you know what I mean? It's just, I didn't miss it no more. You know, I partied enough in the 80s and 90s uh, to never want to party again. So that's why I say to the young bucks out there, I don't want to preach to anyone. Like, have your fun now. But when you get older, you'll see. You can't bounce back from those hangovers like you so I mean, all the street fights I was in, probably, I'd say 80, 75% of them, 60, 70, 75, 80% of them, I was drinking, sniffing cocaine, all kinds of shit. And, uh... Boom, quick, with the quickness, done and over. So I don't know, so imagine straight, right? But when you're sparring in the, in, with boxing, you know, Golden Glove champs, all that shit, I've already done that, been there, done that, right? I've always, I'd always spar the best guys, right? And there's some of those guys, fathers trained me, you know what I mean? So you always wanted to spar and do the, you know what I mean? But I was always sober for that shit, you know what I mean? But that's all I would do, you know what I mean? I'd fight a couple fucking amateur fights for charities and shit. I just enjoyed not getting in trouble for fucking, you know, sparring 75%, 50%, 70, between 50 and 75%. I would never get out of control with people, and they wouldn't get out of control with me because they have fights coming up or whatever, and uh, you don't want to get them hurt before a pro fight, you know what I mean? I remember Sig one time, God bless his soul, uh, I heard, I just uh, got back from re-upping, this is back in the 80s or late 80s or early 90s, somewhere around there. And I just got back and they said, Robbie, you just missed a whole fucking fight. I'm like, what the fuck? Sig was on the ground, covered up like this, saying, just don't touch my face. You can beat me up anywhere else, but just don't touch my face, because he didn't want to have no, you know, black eyes or anything before he went into his fight two nights later. So for me to hear that, I seen this kid drop 10 fucking grown men at fucking clubs in Boston. And I get ready to jump in and I'm like, no reason to jump in. They're dropping like dominoes every single one. And most of them would run anyways. Once the first two guys get dropped, the other three, four, five brave ones, they're all getting dropped. And then, so it's more like he took on 10 kids and fucking four or five of them ran, but definitely fucking four to six of them were dropped. 
I've seen him drop three guys. I've seen him drop fucking seven guys. I've dropped fucking three, four, five guys myself. You know what I mean? Like, we were always outnumbered because they would always try to come and get us when we weren't 200, 400 deep down the park during the day and at night. They try to get us at 2 in the morning or later, or they come down and drive by the park and see if there was only about 10 people. But here's the deal. Honestly, in those days, we'd win all those fucking fights. We'd be outnumbered all the time, but we'd always win because we always had savages. And they're all, a lot of them are gone. Most of them are gone. There's still some out there, plenty of savages that ain't even online. They're never online. Never online. They don't do this shit. They don't do YouTube. They don't do none of it. I'm a, uh, a person that thinks about sustainability and all that shit. If I can help people, uh, I love talking fights. Uh, uh, I dedicate my fucking weeks to fights, uh, weekends and shit. My wife doesn't have a problem because she watches all her shit. I like watching fucking fights and shit. And she's not into that shit no more. So that's fine. You know what I mean? She's happy. I'm happy. Happy wife, happy life. So, yeah. I haven't missed a fucking... A UFC or boxing or an elite boxing match, you know, two big names in over four years. So, um, and prior to that, since 1980, I've been watching fucking boxing. Uh, Marvin Agler, that, that was my first, and that was Mike Tyson. Then I went back to the old school, Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, Joe Lewis, American Hero. People got to look up Joe Lewis, Roberto Duran, so many guys. Chuck Alito, there was just so many guys. Joe Lewis, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson and Marvin Hagler, in my opinion, are the best middleweights ever. Because Marvin Hagler stayed at middleweight. He said, you want to come fight me? Come down here and fight me. You want to uh, come up and fight me? Come up and fight me. And if you're heavier, you want to come down? Because they wanted Marvin Hagler to go up to, uh, you know, a little heavier. And uh, Petronelli's, they didn't want that. They go, you know, this is his, this is his weight. You know what I mean? This is where... He's isolated himself for two months or three months uh, at the end of the Cape Cod, P-Town, and uh, isolate himself. And he would take it out on his opponents in the ring. He would run, and I'd see clips of it on TV on Worldwide Worldwide Sports on Saturdays mornings. And I'd see him run into the fucking snow with the combat boots on. He'd go, whoa, 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 who's the champ? I'm the champ. Who's the champ? I'm the champ. And I'm like... Yeah, motherfucker. I can relate to this fucking dude. Because I was always fucking the underdog, you know what I mean? That was underrated when I was actually better than most of the kids I was fucking playing with in sports, baseball, street hockey, football, fucking basketball, anything. Chess, fucking anything I did, I did better than most fucking people. And I'm not, this ain't about me. I'm just trying to tell you. This is the, so I always knew, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a, um, it's discipline, it's all mental though. You have to stay in shape, no question about it, but you're mental. You always have to have confidence in yourself at all times. There is no, oh, I think I might lose this guy. Oh, I think I might lose. If you lose, you lose. He will respect you after. I promise you, he or she, whatever. Hold on. People always fucking arguing, man. Fucking drama. No drama. Save it for your mama. Brian, I'm sorry, brother. Let me see what I was saying. What the fuck was I just saying? Yeah, so so it's just about having confidence in yourself. 
So what I realized was when I refuse to lose in my mind, and I know I put the work in, I know like you know fundamentals, punches are definitely gonna roll off, flow. It's gonna be easy. Um, yeah, they were always easy, always easy fights. Cause I put the work in, and I I believe in myself. You know what I mean? Like if I could beat these guys at sports, and it wasn't even guys I was fucking playing versus in sports. You know what I mean? Um, it was grown men I was fighting as a teenager and as a fucking 20 year old you know I was fighting grown men again you know just like me grown men right once people drink they want to shot that fucking that title because people say oh he's the toughest guy in it whatever you know people talk right people talk stupid when they're drinking right we all do right all of us have right but can't blame the drugs or the fucking booze I never did I never did not when it came to fucking serious. When shit gets real, you find out who real motherfuckers are. These people out there that call people rats and all kinds of shit, you have no idea who you're calling a rat. That's one of the most, dis that's like calling someone a pedophile that ain't a pedophile, that despises pedophiles and rats, right? It's the worst thing you can ever fucking do. You should look up the DOC record, look up the fucking, it's all public record. Robert G. Neal III, look it up. I can tell you who ratted on me. I can tell you that for sure, but I'm not gonna put them people's names out there because I'm not a fucking moron. Karma's a motherfucker. I already seen one of them. He almost fucking killed himself. Killed himself. What? Reverse. Banging in the fucking shit, poles and shit. Going through fucking cars trying to get the fuck out of there. What? In a truck. In an F-150 or something. They appreciate any help, man. It's good that he hears these things from people with lots of experience. Oh, I have lots of experience. And so do you, bro. We have Rugas around here. Oh, I love Rugas. There's a warehouse that builds them here. Oh, I love Rugas, bro. German Rugas? German, German uh, Rugas? You kidding me? You think a person can teach themselves jiu-jitsu without a sparring partner? Um, you have to drill that shit, bro. Yeah, you can learn. You can learn, like, you know, but you need to learn how to execute the moves, bro. You know what I mean? And drilling with different people every day or people that are as good as you or better. Because you're going to go in there, you're going to get fucking manhandled or whatever. Woman will manhandle you. Like, uh, I don't know. I've never done jiu-jitsu. I know I choke someone out. I know how to wrestle. I know how to grapple. But I don't let it get to that fucking point. Uh, I learned wrestling when I was young. Really young. And I have a New England champ. If I ever opened up a gym, I got a New England champ. That's a fucking savage. Savage. Only guy I never fucking beat wrestling in. My friend Pete, uh, Usher and my wedding, wedding him too. He uh, he was the one that taught me. You know, when you when you when you when you grab when someone grabs you, or you guys got each other, one leg behind their leg and your leg sturdy. You know, and just boom, and they're right on the ground there. I learned that fucking move from him when I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old, six, seven, eight, something like that. And uh, it always worked for me, you know what I mean? But grappling is a hand strength thing. I got wicked hand strength, like really strong hands, right? That's from so much fucking pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and all the heavyweights I used to lift way back in the days. I just do lightweights now, you know what I mean? A bunch of lightweight, a bunch of reps. You know, full. You know, I go in, I stretch, I run, I run for three, three to five fucking minutes, whatever. I do like a round or two or three rounds sometimes. It all depends on how I feel, right?
but I definitely do three mats ex at least. All uphill, 15 degrees, as high as it goes, it goes like 15 degree angle, it's like that. It's, uh, yeah, it's probably more like that. So it's probably like a, it says 15, so it's probably 45 degree angle. But then you side, step and left, lateral movement, then you move to the right, you know, going uphill, and uh, and then run it straight. And then halfway through, you know, uh, bring it down to like eight, seven, and then, you know, last minute, bring it down the flat. Well, sometimes it'll just go the whole time uphill, you know what I mean? Uh, running's really important. Then I go do a full body workout. I, I, I work every fucking, uh, every, every muscle group, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to get big. I'm not, I'm already 225. I've always been 220 since 15, 16 years old. Uh, when I wasn't fucking hustling and shit, when I was actually relaxing at night and eating and, you know, even when I was hustling, I was eating, but I was always running around so much, you know what I mean? So you couldn't recuperate, you know what I mean? You couldn't, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. When you train, you need to get rest or you need to eat right and you need to, you know, hydrate all the time and uh, you really have to really... Uh, there's no halfway doing it. You know what I mean? A lot of people do it halfway. I see people go to the gym like the new year. You'll see them in there for a week or two or a month, two months tops, and you'll never see them again. You might see them three years later. It's uh, it's a mindset. You know what I mean? It's a mindset. And you just start, there's days I don't want to fucking do it. You know what I mean? And that bitch voice comes in the back of my fucking head. Oh, Bobby, you fucking trained hard fucking seven, six days this week. Why do you need to go today? Well, I need to go today to keep my mind fucking right. Because uh, not committing a felony every day is pretty fucking hot out there, people. I don't care what anyone says. You can say whatever the fuck you want. It's hard not to commit a felony every fucking day. And that's why I kind of stay on the down low. I don't go into bars... I don't even like going to those places because I'm going to run into people I know. And guess what? Where you been, dude? Where you been? I remember this. I remember that. War stories, right? But those war stories are good because it reminds you of the good old days, right? It does. It really does. War stories are good. I got so many stories that would make your head spin. But I really don't you know, want YouTube getting pissed off at me and shit, so... When the time's right, you know what I mean? With the right people, you know, I'll, I'll give up some more stories, man. Like some stories that will blow your fucking mind. Like like Mike Tyson has stories, right? I had those same type of fucking stories. Same type. I was robbing motherfuckers. I robbed a few drug dealers way back in the days after I'd given them a fifty or $100,000, you know? It's just stupidity, you know what I mean? But I never hurt them, you know what I mean? But if they did... If they did something stupid, they would have got hurt, but they never did. I think they, they understood wrong fucking motherfucker, you know what I mean? But, you know, those guys are good guys too, but when someone starts fucking yelling on the phone, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and it's fucking 45 minutes, well, that was their mistake, you know what I mean? But that was a long fucking time ago. That's so long ago, you know what I mean? So long ago. I actually seen them in prison. I'm like, you got something to fucking say now? Because now... Not gonna worry about nothing. Never. We don't want no problem. No problem. No problem. I go. That's right. Cause you're in a fucking four cylinder. I'm in a fucking eight cylinder, motherfucker. You think a person can teach jujitsu without a sparring partner, like in boxing? When boxers learn through shadow boxing, 
Yeah, but here's the thing with boxing, brother, right? I'm not saying you can't, Brian. There is no can't. Here's the deal, right? You have to go learn. Uh, you have to, all right, say you're teaching yourself boxing and all that stuff, Brian, right? Um, all right, learn how to box, all that stuff, right? You need someone holding mitts for you to work on your combinations and your slips. You know what I mean? So when they throw punches, after you throw three punches, four punches, you slip, you know, slip, slip, you know, jabs coming out, slip, slip. And when you're throwing jabs, you should be moving your fucking head too, you know? You always see me when I'm throwing, you know, heavy hands and stuff at the end of my work. That's at the end of my fucking workout, all right? So I'm just going easy, just technique, right? So I never have to think about doing all that stuff, Brian. So what you want to do is work on fundamentals, the basics, because the basics is exactly what you need. That's what's going to carry you through boxing and all that shit. It's going to carry you through it all. Boxing and wrestling, those two right there, those are two very, very huge disciplines. Just like bodybuilding. It's a huge discipline. If you got to do it right, that's huge discipline. It's huge discipline. Like when I was run those wontons, I go to the fucking gym at 4 in the morning to be there at 7 in the morning. Like, no bullshit. I was always, like, no bullshit. I think about two or three jobs I didn't work out on. Like, you know, before work, I have to work. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, because I had so much responsibility and a problem solver, you can't be a fucking problem solver and uh, not be ready to go. You know what I mean? Even though you can get out of the shape and you just, you're still not a fight, right? But getting tired will make a coward out of anyone, all right? That's why I always tell people, cardio. So when you see me training there, Brian, I'll answer your question, bro, because it's a good question. There's no such thing as a bad, uh, stupid question. If you don't know the answer to the question, there's no s such thing as a stupid question. I can tell you one thing, you will get really good. You'll love the training. You should go to a gym, a boxing gym, after you learn the fundamentals of staying on balance, always keeping your knees bent a little bit in a position to punch, learning how to laterally move around somebody. It's always movement. It's constant movement. Never want to be on the heels of your feet. And when you are moving backwards, you want to be able to fucking counter punch while you're moving backwards. That's what happened with Deontay Wilder. I'm sure he would admit it. When he called out Tyson Fury, God bless, right? Both of them, because they put on three great wars, right? And brought heavyweight exciting heavyweight boxing back. Uh, Tyson Fury, that was the worst plot guy you could call out. Because Wilder believed in himself, you know? Gave us three great fights. They both got fucking wealthy from it. They both made $100 million each fucking fight at least. I mean, pay-per-view and all that shit too. Fucking over a hundred million each uh, for each fight. And the second fight, I think every fight, all three fights, they got more and more money each fight. But Deontay Wilder, listen, I just didn't like the excuses. I always respected Deontay Wilder. Always. I still do to this day because I see him being humble and I see him going back to fundamentals and basics. He moves backwards and starts throwing punches good now. So he's, he's fucking throwing hooks, moving backwards, stepping backwards, moving laterally backwards. You know what I mean? Sideways, you know? Not horizontal or vertical, but sideways, you know? Angles. It's all about angles, Brian. It's all about hitting and not getting hit. But you gotta be able to take a fucking punch. That's, 
That's why you need to go in and spot 50%. If you go to a, a gym, like I, I've been in gyms where people are fucking sparring, you know, 100%, fucking broken noses, blood everywhere, not even broken, just just fucking, you know, bloody noses and bloody mouths and and they're fucking laughing after, you know what I mean? And I'd be drinking with them fucking two hours later, you know, after we showered and shit, all that bullshit, right? But you don't really want to do that, you know what I mean? Here's what you really want to do. You just want to go 50%, so you learn how to slip punches, and you always want to do it with different guys. You want the best guys. You don't want guys, you kind of want guys that are on your level, I guess. Me, I always wanted the best. They always said, Robbie, you're sparring with the Golden Love champ, you're sparring with that champ, sparring with that pro, sparring with that pro. Because they knew I could have been a pro easy. Like, if I want to transition, and it wasn't paying me. You know what I mean? I had a wife and daughter. That's why the Sandhogs, right? 80 to 120,000 a year legal. How the fuck are they, as a boss? Because I ain't good at taking orders. I'm a leader, not a follower. So the, those jobs were offered to me, you know, through merit, credibility, and fucking, you know, respect. And, uh, you know, I went to the end with my boss, you know? I remember when he was um, on the last job I was on, um, his sister-in-law put him on the phone with me. First time I talked to him in like uh, five years since since his, uh, since his he got 82 months time. And the judge said, Mr. Bordy, if I, and I wanted to say to the judge, Your Honor, if someone sucker punched you, are those COs over there, court officers, gonna bundle that motherfucker? Of course they are. So, my boss gets fucking, and he's a dear friend. He's like, you know, he's a buy for me on 13. Dear friend gives me that kind of job and offered me that job before my second state. But before I had picked it up, I should have took it way back then. But that's just sure what I could have, right? So I got a second state, but I went and got that. I went and took, put my hand on the Bible, hand up. And he offered me the boss job, you know, way back then. I go, as long as it's the boss job, because I don't take orders too well, you know what I mean? Especially if I'm in confidence. But I had to learn mining and I had to learn what. So he made me a top man helper to learn how to rig and tag and all that shit because that's what I was going to end up doing and being a boss up top and being the boss for the bottom from up top. Stuart. Top man is, uh, you know, slash Stuart. And um, be his eyes and ears, you know, because there's a lot of fucking, uh, it's like the fight game. It's a dirty fucking business, you know what I mean? Uh, the work itself is, is amazing. The work itself is amazing. But, uh, when they gave him 82 months, his wife, it took us an hour to get her out of the fucking courtroom. She's like, all these rats, all these pieces of shit, they couldn't do 20. So there's one guy on the stand, he was a secretary treasurer, all the all sergeant in arms. Uh, the Gaelic, you know, Irish, very hard to understand, but we all liked them, right? Now, I'm not making these decisions, this is Scott's decisions, you know, you know my ex-business manager. They said, could Scott call, this is in the courtroom, could call, could Scott call any time of day and get a couple ounces of Coke brought to him any time of day, any time of night, any time in the morning? Oh, uh, yep, no problem. Uh, if he said no, right, I don't know what you're talking about, he would have did 12 to 24 hours in contempt of court, and that's it, he would have been let go. No charges, nothing. But these people are such cowards. So I, there's uh, six, seven, eight hundred people they summons to federal court, not in front of a judge or nothing, just in the, you know, fucking rooms when five feds come in and 
You know what I mean? And this is why I said to them, I go, I don't know who the fuck's feeding you people these lies. They should make a statue of that guy in Southwest Quincy in this area. You know how many people that guy helped? You know how many people he, he stopped, like guys like me? Like that ain't on your radar because of him? Because he gave me such a great job? Like I don't have to worry about hustling? I don't have to worry about fucking selling drugs? Selling drugs since I was 13, 14 years old, 12. So even when I was selling drugs back then, I was still working three nights a week after school. You know what I mean? I always had that work ethic. So the motivation, that's why I respect fighters so much, you know what I mean? Because I know the discipline, I, I have it. I, I've had it since I was young. I know what these fighters gotta go through. I know what they gotta go through. I've seen it, I've lived it, I understand it. And I understand it more than most people. And that's these young Yo, yo, yo. Hey, yo. the big boys. This is one tomorrow morning, folks. Um, you damn fucking good car if you ask me. I don't know what's asking me, but. Anyways, 